0: I join with Monty and the other brethren in welcoming you here this morning. We're glad that you've chosen to come and worship with us. And as Monty said, if you're here visiting with us, we're especially glad that you're here. I hope this morning that the lesson is encouraging for you as the song service has been. Uh, This morning, we're going to look at uh, Matthew, the 20th chapter, and a parable uh, that was read by Lonnie this morning. Uh, My hope is that this will be an encouragement for you. Uh, as you leave this place. So I'd ask you, if you have a Bible, to turn there. Uh, In the Bible, I would encourage you to uh, go back and study this parable in Matthew, the 20th chapter, and know that it's not my words this morning that are important for you. It's the words of Jesus here in this parable that are important for you this morning. Looking there in Matthew, the 20th chapter, uh, and I want you to know uh, that the fault this morning is mine because generally I do the parables and the stories that come out of John, as Monty recognized this morning, so I threw a little curveball out there this morning and decided we're going to focus on Matthew, the 20th chapter, and we're truly going to focus on Matthew, the 20th chapter. Matthew chapter 20 and verse 1, the Bible says, For the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is a householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. Now before we go on in this, I want you to notice those beginning words. It says, For the kingdom of heaven. Notice here that we're not just talking about some random story About getting through daily life. We're not just talking about something that is there to entertain us, but in fact, whatever story Jesus is about to tell here in Matthew, the 20th chapter, Jesus says this has the implications of eternity. Jesus said, I want you to know this because the story I'm fixing to tell you, the story about this man going out into the marketplace and finding labors, this is a story that I'm actually telling you about heaven. This morning, the story that we're hearing is about our salvation. It's about eternal life. There in verse 2 it says, "...and when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right I will give you." And they went their way. Verse 5, again he went out about the sixth and ninth hour and did likewise." And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle, and said unto them, Why stand ye here all day idle? They say unto him, Because no man hath hired us. He said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, that shall ye receive. So when even was come, the Lord of the vineyard saith unto his steward, Call the laborers, give them their hire, beginning from the last unto the first. And when they came that were hired about the eleventh hour, they received every man a penny. But when the first came, they supposed that they should have received more, and they likewise received every man a penny. And when they had received it, they murmured against the good man of the house, saying, These last have wrought but one hour. Thou hast made them equal unto us, which have borne the burden and the heat of the day. But he answered one, one of them and said, Friend, I do thee no wrong. didst thou not agree with me for a penny? Take that thine is, and go thy way. I will give unto this last, even as unto thee. Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with mine own? Is thine I evil because I am good? So the last shall be first and the first last, for many be called and few chosen. I want to make sure you understand the facts about what what Jesus is telling us this morning. To put it into today's terms, you've got a boss. And the boss goes into downtown, and he sees a lot of people milling around, and he sees some men there. Now, I want you to understand this is 6 o'clock in the morning. You know, oftentimes we think about a work day, 8 to 5. Some are on shift work, and they might think 7 to 7 or 3 to 3. But I'm telling you, in this story, this is a 6 to 6 shift that we're talking about working in the vineyard. The sun hasn't come up yet. The boss goes into downtown, he sees these men, and at 6 a.m., he says, Hey, what are you doing? I'll tell you what, I've got a vineyard. I've got, I've got a workplace over here. Why don't you come and go to work in my vineyard? And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pay you $200 a day. If you come out at 6 o'clock in the morning and you work for me for today's labor, at the end of the day, I'm going to pay you $200. And they say, Okay. They hop in the truck, they go out to the vineyard, they get to work. It says three hours later, the boss says, You know what? I'm going to go back into town. I'm going to look around. And he sees more men there at the third hour. It's now 9 a.m. There's men that have already been working for three hours, and yet at 9 a.m., he says to some more, Hey, what are you doing? You want to work? You want a job? Because I've got a workplace, I'm a boss. You come work for me and I tell you what, I'm going to pay you a day's labor, a day's wage. I'm going to pay you what's right. Now understand those men, they get on the bus and they go out to the vineyard and they start to work at 9 o'clock. The Bible says that at 12 o'clock and at 3 o'clock, guess what the boss does? The boss drives his bus back into town and he sees more men there and he says... Hey, I've got a vineyard. You need a job. Get on the bus and go to work for me. And certain men do. And then at the 11th hour, it's 5 o'clock. At 5 o'clock, you've got men who have been working for 11 hours. You've got men who have been working for 8 hours. Some are working for 5 hours. And all of a sudden, there are still men in town who are milling around. And the boss goes, what are you doing around here? And one of the laborers says, well, nobody hire us. And the boss says, well, I'll hire you. You come work in my vineyard for one hour, and I'll pay you what's right. And so certain men get on the bus, and they go out to the vineyard, and after one hour... Jesus tells us that the boss goes, All right, manager, I want you to line them up from the ones that got on the bus at the 11th hour back to the ones who started early in the day. And I want you to pay them a fair day's wage. So the manager gets everyone to line up single file because that's how we have to do it. They line up single file, hands to themselves, And the Bible says the manager goes, All right, step up. And the first man up was the last one on the bus and the last one off the bus at the eleventh hour. And the manager said, Here's your two hundred dollars. Go your way. The next one steps up, and he had only been there uh, for one hour also, and the manager says, Here's your two hundred dollars. go your way. Now Jesus tells us that the manager kept that line going and kept handing out the $200. And finally we get to those last men. The men who were up early, the men who came to work, the men who had done 12 hours of labor. And the Bible tells us they expected a little more. Cuz all day long they saw this bus coming, bringing new people and yet there they were working. And they had been there all day long. Jesus says that when those first men got up there, they got their $200 for the manager and then they started to complain. The word there is murmur. They started to complain and they were wondering, Hey, what's going on here? That guy got on the bus late in the day. He didn't face the heat when the sun was up. He didn't bear the burden of the original work. He didn't do it. And yet, he made the exact same amount. He got $200 and you're only going to pay me $200? I don't understand. And the boss says, now wait a minute. See, when I came into town and I asked you to get on the bus and come to work for me, we agreed, right? We agreed you would make $200, so I haven't done anything wrong to you, have I? In fact, let's make something clear. Am I doing something bad just because you thought you deserved more? It's mine to give. I want you to know what this parable is not, because this is very important. This is not a business model. Okay, what Jesus was teaching his disciples was not a business model to follow. Let's talk about that a little bit. Let's imagine that Chuck in his business said, I tell you what, if you've got 20 years experience with me, I'm going to pay you $50,000 a year. And by the way, I'm going to hire Van who has no experience in the company and he's going to make $50,000 a year. And by the way, I'm going to hire Franklin, who's only going to have to work 10 hours a week for Chuck, and I'm just going to answer Chuck's phone. That's all I'm going to do. And I'm going to be real rude on the phone, but Chuck's going to pay me $50,000. How long do you think Chuck's business is going to last? Right? It doesn't make a lot of sense if what Jesus was teaching was a business model. It just wouldn't work out. It wouldn't work out to say that it doesn't matter how hard you work. It doesn't matter if you ever really have the skill. It doesn't matter if you really understand the company. In fact, it doesn't matter at all if you're just not a fit here. It just doesn't matter. You see, you couldn't run a business on that model. But I'll tell you, even though Jesus wasn't teaching us a business model here in Matthew, the 20th chapter, he was teaching something. In fact, we see there in verse 16 that there's some words there that really cause our ears to perk up. That many are called, but few are chosen. So what is it that Jesus was teaching here? First, I want to look at this parable as the parable of the laborers in the vineyard. That's what we commonly call this, right? In fact, many of you, if you open up your smartphone and go to one of the Bible apps, you'll notice that there's a little heading right before Matthew chapter 20 and verse 1, and it says parable of the laborers in the vineyard or laborers in the vineyard. And see, psychologically, what happens when we call it the parable of the laborers in the vineyard, then what we do is we focus on those laborers, right? And if we're going to focus on the laborers in the vineyard, if that's what this parable is about and that's what Jesus is teaching about, then we really need to look a little bit about those laborers, right? So let's do that for a second. There were certain men who were out ready to go to work early in the morning. There were certain men who had gotten up early, who had gotten themselves ready to go, and they went to the place where they knew they could be hired, and they wanted to do a full day's work. There were some who wanted to sleep in. There were some who just didn't get up quite as early. They got going when they were ready to get going, and they were ready to get going about 9 o'clock. And then when there were some... Uh, like my college age daughter, who weren't ready until lunchtime. And at lunchtime, they're ready to go, but not until then. And then there were some who just really didn't want to work. There were some who, one hour a day, that's plenty. Right? What's the problem with that if that's what this parable is all about? I want you to notice. What the laborer who had been there all day long, now I want you to recognize this that man had worked for 12 hours. This wasn't 12 hours of answering a phone, this wasn't 12 hours of watching TV for somebody. This was 12 hours of physical labor out in the heat of the sun in a vineyard. He had been there the longest, he had the most experience. He not only had the most experience, but he had the most loyalty because this is where he started and this is where he finished. By all accounts, by all standards, this is the employee you want. This is the employee who comes to work and does the work for the boss and he does it all day long. And look what he said. These last have done one hour, and yet you, boss, have made them equal unto us. You see, there's something about humanity, there's something about what we do every single day that makes us within ourselves compare ourselves to one another and naturally this man who had been with this company the longest felt like he deserved a reward more than the one who had been there the shortest in today's terms we could say this man spent 12 years with the company and yet Everything at the end of the day, the bonus, the pay, everything was the same as the young man who had only been there for one year. You know, Paul, in 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, as he's teaching the church at Corinth there, he made something clear uh, about his, uh, his teaching, he made something clear about him being Uh, an apostle there that he said, for we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. But they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Why would he say that? So basically Paul is saying, hey, there's a group among you who are saying, we've been out here doing the work the longest. We've been out here doing all of this. We somehow are better than you, Paul, as an apostle. And y'all... Paul says, hold hold on, hold on a second. You see, when we start to compare ourselves among ourselves and against ourselves, then we're using the wrong measurement. We're looking at it wrong. You know, in John the 21st chapter, in John the 21st chapter, Jesus has come back to Peter And he's told Peter what he expects of Peter. And Peter looks around and he sees John. And it says, Peter, seeing John, said to Jesus, Lord, and what shall that man do? Jesus said unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Because Peter did exactly what Paul was talking about many men and did exactly what the laborers in the vineyard were doing. They were looking at themselves and comparing themselves to the others. What's the problem with that if this is the story? If what we're looking at and focusing at this morning is the labors in the vineyard, what's the problem with that? You see, we've used this for many years to actually focus on the labors, and we've used it as an encouragement to say, It doesn't matter how old you are, come to Jesus. And I agree, that's an important fact. But that's not the focus of this parable. Why? Because the truth is, we don't know anything about the laborers. We don't know anything about them. You know, Jesus in His story never said that the one who had been there 12 hours worked hard at all. All He said He was, He worked. In fact, Jesus never told us much anything other than that at the 11th hour, there were some men idle in the marketplace. And he said, what are y'all doing idle? And he said, look, no one will hire us. Why would nobody hire them? Well, we all know why, because they were convicted felons. They, they really just don't look too good. They're not the ones that we want here, right? And in fact, one of those who was there at the 11th hour, he's the one who all day long has to take care of his mother, who got real sick this morning, and he wasn't able to make it to the marketplace early. You see, when we start adding facts about the laborers, all of a sudden it changes how we view the laborers, right? Oftentimes, when we look at this laborers, we say the ones who were there early, those are the hard workers. And we have a term for those who are there at the 11th hour. It's called lazy. But is it really lazy? Because we don't know at all what those men were doing. But here's what we do know about what Jesus was talking about. And it goes back to the first verse there of Matthew chapter 20. It says, For the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is a householder. You see, this parable isn't about the workers at all. This parable wasn't meant to teach you hard work, although hard work is important. This parable wasn't made to teach you how to determine whether or not someone has more virtue than another this parable was meant to teach you about God and his grace in Luke the 14th chapter the Bible says that Jesus began to ten, tell another parable about a man who had prepared what we call a feast I believe the King James calls it a banquet there in Luke the 14th chapter but he said I want you to go out and I want you to invite people in And he told his servants, I want you to go everywhere and invite people in to come and eat at my table, to come and eat at this big banquet, to come eat my feast. And the servants went out and people had excuses. They had to work. They had to do certain things. They were busy at that time. And I want you to notice that it says in verse 23, And the Lord said unto his servant, Go out in the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled You see, we learn everything we need to know in Matthew, the 20th chapter, about the boss. Let's think about that. What did the boss do at six in the morning? At six in the morning, the boss went out and he said, come into my house. Come into my vineyard. Come work on my land. Come into my kingdom." I want you to notice the great thing about God. He didn't just make that one invitation at six o'clock and say, those are all I need. It says he went back again three hours later and said, come on. Come to my kingdom. Come on in. It said up even to the 11th hour, even to the end of the day, the boss was going out going, hey, you know what? I've got hard workers in my vineyard, but guess what? I want you. I want you to come to work in my kingdom. Jesus used Luke the 14th chapter to go, hey, let me tell you about the grace of God. Here's the grace of God. The grace of God is that the man who owns the house The Father who created every one of us wants every single one of us to come into the kingdom. In fact, you notice the words that he used here, the highways and the hedges. Let's think about what he's talking about here. Who would be out in the highway? Who would be in the hedges? The least among us. He didn't say, go to those castles, go to the places where you will find the best people, however you want to define best. But he said, you know what? Go out on the highways and the hedges. Go to everybody who will listen. Go to everyone who's standing idle and bring them into my kingdom that my house will be filled. And why is that? In Isaiah, the 64th chapter, Isaiah says this, but we are all as an unclean thing. And all our righteousness are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. Wonder who Isaiah was talking about. Was he talking about those in the hedges? You imagine having to live behind a bush? Can you imagine living your day while others are out walking? wallowing in the dirt behind a hedge. You know who Isaiah was talking about? You and me. He was talking about you and me. You see, what Isaiah didn't say here was that, you see, there's there's, there's those who meet a certain standard and we'll call them good. And there's others who don't live up to a standard and we'll call them bad. But instead, Isaiah said this. Let's recognize something. You see, all of our righteousnesses are nothing but filthy rags. Second Peter, the third chapter. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You see, if we were to focus this morning in Matthew chapter 20 on the laborers, we'd have to say there's some that work a lot harder than others. But you see, it's about grace. Because you know what grace does? It equalizes us all. Every single one of us. You see, when we look at this parable from the standpoint of a father who turns all our filthy rags white as snow, because that's what he sent his son to do. It is by the grace of God that he sent his son to die on the cross that we have an opportunity to be called sons and daughters of His. And it's because of that grace and that mercy that every single one of us, not based on our age, not based on our skill set, not based on our name, not based on our socioeconomic status, not even based on our competence, but only based on the blood of Christ can be called sons and daughters of His. If you haven't obeyed the gospel this morning, we plead with you to do that. We're pleading with you to come into the kingdom. Whether you feel this is the first hour or you feel this is the 11th hour, we plead with you to come into the kingdom to receive his grace and his mercy and his love. If you are a child of God and there's something we can pray pray with you or for you, we'd encourage you to come forward as we stand and sing the song that's been selected.